Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the One Thing More podcast. I'm Kim King, the pastor of wellness at Zionsville United Methodist Church. And this is a podcast where Jamelin and I discuss last week's sermon. Good morning, Jamelin. Morning, everybody. I am the pastor of connections at Zionsville UMC. And we are excited to continue the conversation about the sermon together. And Dave was back with his whiteboard. He loves that whiteboard. I think he really does like it. He, that's his jam. I mean, you know, he's a teacher though. And so it yeah. makes complete sense. And I think that I've heard lots of comments about how much people like that. You know, like they feel like they're really like being immersed in the word. Well, it's funny because when I see him up there doing that, I have flashbacks 20 years ago when we were living in Haiti and he taught English Mm -hmm. and um, all of the classrooms had chalkboards. Like, remember chalkboards from like when we were in school, chalkboards? And he would have so much chalk on his shirt, on his pants, everywhere for writing the vocabulary words and all of that kind of stuff up on the board. And he was always just in his elements. And so it's it's fun for me to see him doing that. Um, I laughed because in the 11 o'clock service, our good friend Shannon um, attends with his family. And Shannon was Dave's roommate their first year at Duke Divinity School. Uh-huh. And they have a professor that they are still very much in touch with. His name's um, Jack Levison. He's a professor at SMU now. And apparently CNN took a picture of Dave giving the sermon with the whiteboard and sent it to Jack and was like, check out Dave teaching about John this morning. So I thought that was really cute that he shared that with Dave's old teacher. Not old, but previous teacher. Yeah. so um, I was not actually at church. I was down on the south side. Um, I was speaking to Christ in the United Methodist Church. Um, I was representing Zami Sandwa during that time, but I listened to it just um, over the weekend, or not over the weekend. I just listened to it um, on live stream. So I'm caught up to speed, but I didn't get to see it in person. It was a good, it was a good sermon. Another good sermon. It was a good preacher and a good teacher. So it was another good sermon. It, you know, it, and it's also, um, a topic abundance that I think about a lot because I understand that we live in abundance. I mean, we are blessed and privileged to live where we live and to not really want for anything that we need right you know and that's that that should be humbling yeah mm-hmm. but how i see it played out a lot of times especially when i teach master's level students is i feel like it's played out in this sort of you should be doing this for me this you know this abundance is normal and i should have it <laughs> oh i say you know what? Do you, what do you call that? I can't think of the word this morning. Entitlement. Entitlement. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, you know, it is interesting. I felt like as I was listening to Dave, there were a number of mini sermons within his topic. Mm. You know, so like there is 
there is a conversation to be had about abundance and the net overflowing with fish that comes in, right? And, you know, what does the phrase embarrassment of riches really mean? Mm. You know, like it can be, you know, people work really hard, but it can feel like a burden sometimes when you have been blessed with so much and you're not, you're not really sure what to do with all that blessing, you know? And I, and that's really what I feel like Dave was getting to the core to when he was talking about how we're, we are called to cast, you know, go out there and do our best and then receive what we have believe, but then also like, where are we going to invest, um, the abundance so that we are investing in people so they understand they're called to go and do the same thing. Yeah. And, and I think the flip kind of the flip side of that. Yeah. And the flip side of that is how do you use that resource of abundance in ways that don't get you so caught up in continually creating abundance, you know, like you right. give hamster wheel and lose your, your life and yourself just to keep generating things. Yeah. And then you, so that really leads us into what's it mean to be content, right? So like, it's fascinating to, it would be interesting to know what the conversation was the day after they brought in that humongous net of fish. Yeah. Like the day after, are they saying like, well, I hope we get two humongous things of right. fish or if they were like, that was a pretty amazing day. You know, you, you just don't really know how, um, satisfied were they with that experience or did it leave them wanting to replicate it yeah I after day yes you putting myself in the story the next day you know they didn't get nearly as much it, no it got nothing right right before that and then they get this huge haul of fish and then the next day I go out and I probably get to and it would be I don't know. I mean, it would be hard to, it would be, it would be like believing in a miracle, but then doubting it the next day. Like, like, how did that really happen? Or was that a fluke? Or is that really this Jesus guy, you know, being able to do these things to show us something? Yeah. I don't know if you. Yeah. Hopefully like they continue to understand the miracle that they saw. Um, And it wasn't like, why can't every day be like that? We'd be so rich. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it is interesting to see Jesus continuing on with the teaching in this way. Um, I thought what Dave, what Dave talked about too, in terms of, uh, the disciples needing courage and grace. Mm, yeah. Um, and then soon after that he talked about even when we fail our call to be disciples stands mm -hmm. and you know i thought about we have done a lot of work recently with young adults trying to understand how as a church we can be more available to young adults and one of the things that studies have shown is that it's really difficult sometimes for young adults to try new things because they are afraid to, that they're, if they fail, they will not, um, they they won't be redeemable. 
from that failure. And I laughed because they acted like when I was reading this report that that was all new data. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure that human nature in general really struggles to fail. I don't think it has anything to do with being 22 or 55. Um, I think when you're 55 and you fail and you have a mortgage, that's a little bit scarier than if you're 22 and you fail. You, you know, you've got a lot more days ahead of you. But it, at the end of the day, this, the fear of failure is still the same. Yeah, nobody wants to fail because it feels personal. We internalize it, right? It's not just like, I wasn't good at this thing and so it didn't happen. And if I want to, I can learn to do it better or I can walk away from it and that's fine too. It's like, I'm like, there's something wrong with me if I fail. You know, that's the piece we need to turn around. And that's the thing I hope that people learn from Jesus is that, okay, so you didn't get it right this time. Let's try it again. You know, the grace part, if I have the courage to try again, there's always going to be grace enough for me. Yeah. Well, and we get such a great example of that from Peter. Mm -hmm. You know, I will never doubt you. Yes, I want to be the how, and I want to be the man. Yeah. I mean, never say never, I think. Um, but I will never doubt you. He does doubt just the way Jesus said it was going to happen. Yeah. And that failure didn't ruin his life. In fact, I don't know. I mean, Jesus put the keys to the church in Peter's hands. It gives me a lot of comfort to know that, like, Jesus knows ahead of time that I'm going to mess it up, right? Yeah. And it's okay. Like, it, it's okay. I'm still going to be accepted and acceptable even, you know, when I fail. And I think that, you know, we live in a pretty anxious world. And part of that is because it's always like, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if that doesn't happen? Like all that internal dialogue is going on before you even have the courage to try the thing. Yeah. Or sometimes I think we go into it thinking I'm going to fail before you even tried. And it's like, it, you know, Dave gave me this paperweight thing years ago um, that said, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? You know, I feel like a lot of times if you take the anxiety of failure out mm -hmm. of the equation and you just give it a shot, mm -hmm. then you're not, the whole time you're not worrying about, am I going to fail? Am I going to fail? I mean, there could be a paperweight though that says, what would you attempt to do if you knew you would fail and it's going to be okay? Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. <laughs> As well so, or better. You know, you can go into it looking two different ways. You may fail, but that's okay. That's the grace that we receive to try again. You know, it's like I when my kids were real little every night, I would say when I would still tuck them in and do all of that. Now they're like, but now they tuck me in because <laughs> I go to bed early than they are. But I would always say to him, you know, good night. Tomorrow is a new day full of God's blessings because I wanted them to realize today's over. Tomorrow you get a new shot. Um, and sometimes, you know, the day is just terrible. But God doesn't say it's going to stay like that forever and ever. 
Just like God doesn't say you're going to get such a net full of fish that you can't even lift it every single day. And we don't need that, right? I mean, what, what would they do with that much fish every single day? Well, I mean, Hopefully they have to find spread the, spread the abundance to others, right? But is that even possible? Can I take, I think David said it was 700 pounds. Like if I had 700 pounds of fish to distribute every single day, I don't think I could do it. I suddenly couldn't do it on my own. No, you'd have a lot of rotting fish. Yeah, go back exactly. Needing to be man of people, only take what you absolutely need. And that's, that's it. a lesson, I think. I mean, I, I'll speak for myself again. Like, and I think you guys did this. I need a pod to get rid of some of the extra stuff in my house that I bought well, in he, here. Did the house didn't come with all the stuff. I'm Bronnie. Kim, Kim is talking about how <laughs> not this year, but last year, the Williamsons got a dumpster for spring break. And we went through our entire house and purged and we filled it and with papers and old furniture and old mattresses. I mean, it just never ended. And yes, the abun the nauseating abundance of that is true. It's just a great example, though, of how consumerism really does lead in in our world, and we all have way more stuff than we actually need, which hopefully gives us pause to consider reallocating and what that might look like. And I think even as a church, we have a tendency to hoard and not reallocate, even if that means like this ministry that's been awesome and vibrant isn't relevant anymore. So how do we honor it and create something that is more relevant, that does draw people from outside because we're supposed to be spreading this abundance. If you're in the room, you get that hopefully. And so how do we continue to spread it? It's, I feel like one of the biggest challenges at every church I've ever served is helping people cast their nets to see what God will, will bring to them and giving people an opportunity to be able to really think, okay. How is God calling me to serve? I think also a lot of times people in churches show up for worship on Sunday and get used to being served mm -hmm. and have a hard time. And that's really kind of what we're seeing with the disciples in a way, right? Yeah. Like they are so used to following what Jesus is doing that then when it's their turn to do it on their own, you know, they go back to what they know. They go back to fishing. Yeah. And and before that, they went back to the upper room and locked the door. Right. You know, they, they didn't even go out at all. Right. So it, it is um, a difficult thing to sort through. And I, and I do believe sometimes it's what's keeping people on Sunday morning from really casting a net and seeing where God is calling them to serve and to be in ministry is this fear of failure and anxiety of what people will think 
And am I worthy to even be doing this kind of ministry? You know, I for me, when I was called to ministry, I was very active in my home church at that time. I think it took me a while to realize that that I could be worthy of even being clergy. Oh, you know, that, and, and I think that takes people a long time to grow into and to understand what being called to something really means. Yeah. And how many different shapes it has. And I think each of us has experienced our call shifting. I mean, we were called into parish ministry as congregational pastors for a long time. And then through the work that we were doing or through the circumstances that we were in, realized God was calling us to use our call in a different way, you know, and that could feel like failure in a way. It's like, you yeah. oh, I didn't get to do the thing I thought I was supposed to do. Right. Right. I thought I was supposed to do it. But this other thing that I'm doing is definitely ministry. And so I'm going to, I'm going to shift where God wants me to shift to. Cause it doesn't always look like, uh, you think it's going to look. Yeah. You know, I recently heard, I like to listen to podcasts and I recently listened to a seasoned actress and she was talking about looking at her life in terms of acts, you know, cause she's an actress. So first act, second act, third act. And if you look at the disciples, their life is really full of acts. The first act would have been for them, their life at home as fishermen providing for their families. Their second act would have been learning from Jesus, following him and, and, you know, kind of coming to terms with what the savior they had been learning about as children in synagogue was going to do and provide for them was very different than what actually was occurring. Mm -hmm. And then their third act is really figuring out okay, what do I do now with all of this knowledge and experience? And how do I continue to help it grow and let people learn what I have seen? Um, I think in our own lives, it would help people to realize what you say you're going to be about, even in like your own ministry life. Like, you know, I think about people who started off, you know, helping out in Sunday school when their kids were little. But as their kids get older, they realize, I think I was just doing that because I wanted to be with my child. Mm-hmm. You know, ministry evolves, not just for people who are clergy, but for people who are Christ followers and what they're passionate about in different times of their life, for sure. So, yeah, and I think as part of the plan, that organically, that would mean that ministries continue, right? So if I start out teaching elementary Sunday school because that's where my kids are and you know I continue to move through life cycles of the church or create ministries for the life cycle I'm in then you make space for people to come behind you and you get to follow the wisdom that's ahead of you so Dave finished his sermon with the question of where are you receiving an unexpected abundance And I've been, I mean, keep in mind, I just watched the sermon this morning. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to ponder this, but I think it's a great question for us to think about. 
that within that unexpected abundance, there could be a call. You agree with that? I do agree with that. And I'm, I'm just thinking about for myself and the thing that I'm landing on is it, well, it is a call. So we have the fortune to have my husband and I to have parents who are 90 or almost 90. That is a lot of years, right? To have your parents with you. And it comes with some challenges, right? Like getting them to appointments and Uh like realizing that their brains don't work the way they used to. And so having to have patience to explain things or just be like, whatever, you know, okay. To say, okay, Uh sometimes. Yeah. You know, that's abundance, but it's also, you know, responsibility. And uh, yeah, but I, but I, I mean, I land on like, that's, that's an abundance in my life. Yeah. Well, I I not don't have an answer right now. Sorry, I'm trying to. No, that's good. You think think about think about it a little bit. Um, I think when you said what are you being called to, I was like nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you realize you have an abundance of responsibilities if you're being called <laughs> to let some of those go. That happens for people too. You know, we say yes more times than we should that's a great point jamelin a great point like what you, so, know, you might be being called to some solitude and contemplation yeah um all right well i hope everyone has a great week i hope you all um think about where god has blessed you with abundance and where you maybe are being called to cast the nets and i especially hope everybody remembers that failure isn't the end. It's just an opportunity for you to learn and grow. Absolutely. Don't be afraid. I'll be afraid. That's right. All right, everybody. Have a great week. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.